Okay. So, welcome to Expert Views on Alternative Dispute Resolution Ever, a podcast about simplifying ADR in a bid to attract more and more users to the process. My name is Chinwe Stella Umebolu. I am a PhD law student from the University of Brighton, United Kingdom. This weekend, I'm thrilled to welcome Mrs. Nezi Miriam Ifenso, a lawyer with 13 years post-qualification experience in active legal practice, including litigation, ADR, and corporate commercial practice. She holds a master's degree in law, financial services from the University of London, United Kingdom, a certified mediator enlisted as a neutral with the Enugu State Multi-Dog Courthouse, ESMDC, as well as an associate member of the Chartered Institute of Arbitrators, UK. I'm very grateful to have you on the show, Nezi. Oh, thank you very much, Jimmy. I'm happy to be here as well. Uh, thank uh, you so much morning. for honoring the invite as well. So I have two questions um, um, lined up for you. Um, the first one is, what is mediation? And the second question is, um, what are the criteria for finding or hiring um, the right mediator? So we could start off with the first question, please. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Chima. Those are really very good questions. Yeah. And um, um, so starting with what is mediation, I understand that some people actually are not very clear on what mediation means there are common misconceptions so i hope this helps them to understand mediation a little better yeah uh, there are many definitions of mediation uh but i'll you know for for sake of time i'll just you know give a couple mm-hmm. um the legal state multi-door courthouse law 2007 gives a definition of mediation as the voluntary process for resolving disputes with the assistance of a neutral third party who facilitates dialogue between disputing parties and helps them privately and collectively to identify the issues in dispute, reach settlement of the dispute, and mutually accept the settlement. Mm-hmm. So if you if you look at that definition, yeah. it actually just highlights uh, the various principles and, and it captures the concept of mediation but i will explain that later i actually just wanted to give uh the other definition which is this definition given by cedar okay cedar is an is a is a, is a mediation institute that is based in the uk and uh, so they defined mediation as a flexible process conducted confidentially in which a neutral person actively assists parties in working towards a negotiated agreement of a dispute or difference with the parties in ultimate control of the decision to settle and the terms of the resolution. So for me, you can see that a lot of the concepts, a lot of the principles of mediation have been captured and I would mm-hmm. like to just take them one by one, give brief explanation of what each means because yeah. it actually help to understand fully what mediation means. Yeah. So first of all, it says mediation is a flexible process, right? Yeah. So that means that there is this aspect of flexibility involved in mediation, and that is absolutely correct. Yeah. Now, this is contrary to what you find in litigation, for instance, where there are strict formal uh, procedures that you have to follow. In mediation, 
there are no formal procedure. Mm -hmm. You understand? There is a lot of room for creativity, for flexibility, according to what the mediation thinks, the mediator thinks is best and the comfort of the parties. Yeah. So you find that there is room to move things around. And that flexibility is one of the very, uh, you know, uh, should I say, one of the nice features of mediation. Mm -hmm. And the other word is confidentiality. Yeah. Okay. The entire process of mediation is confidential and without prejudice. Yeah. Because sometimes you find that parties are worried about what might get out. So yes. it's the, the confidentiality aspect makes them feel comfortable and able to open up mm -hmm. and talk about things that they would ordinarily not discuss and which actually might be the root cause or might be the thing that would trigger or lead to a, 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 an agreement. Then the other one is that it's, it, there's, there's neutrality on the part of the mediator who is yeah. the one assisting the party. So mm. the mediator is a neutral third party neutral. and he stays impartial uh doesn't you know he's unbiased yeah. doesn't take sides it just helps the parties to reach an agreement mm -hmm. and that uh that brings me to the next one usually there is uh of course yeah it helps them the data helps the parties to settle their dispute right yeah and so which means that there has to be a dispute mm. now um it doesn't necessarily mean that there must be uh, uh what's it called a, a court matter or you know the, the disagreement it doesn't have to be like a full blown out disagreement it just means that there are issues that parties need to discuss and maybe perhaps some sort of misunderstanding that yeah. might have arisen as a result of breakdown in communication yeah uh between exactly between the parties mm. so what the mediator does is to assist the parties in working towards a negotiated agreement. As you can see, that's also reflected in the definition. Yeah. So he doesn't propose an agreement. So the parties are the ones uh, deciding what they want, as opposed to litigation where a decision is imposed on them. On them exactly. Here, the parties are in ultimate control. Yeah. They determine the outcome, whether or not there will be an agreement, what the agreement is, and because of that, they are more likely uh, to uphold the terms, to abide by the terms yeah. of agreements reached, because they, they reached the, agree to, the agreement themselves. Exactly. So the, the yeah. So the mediator doesn't impose any suggestions, doesn't impose any decisions, doesn't. You know, all he does is to facilitate communication between the parties. You know. Yeah. Now, if if you put that vis-a-vis -vis, uh, litigation, uh, there are so many benefits that mediation has. Now, not to say that litigation is without its benefits, yeah. but there are times when litigation is not the effective tool or the effective route to take to settle a dispute. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, litigation, as we know, takes several years, 20 years, defining matters that are in court, more than 20 years, 30 cases, years, sometimes the, the, the original parties are already deceased. So if it's in a case of communal matters, yeah. you find that the parties, children, grandchildren, and carry on the case. So mediation is much faster. You find that in a day or two or three, you settle the dispute. Yeah. So it's much faster and it's cost effective, not just in terms of money, but also in terms of time. Exactly. 
yeah so and then i've also mentioned the aspect of flexibility yeah um, you know there are no because sometimes people feel feel um confined you know when there are strict formal procedures if you confine and you can't think outside of box and that's one of the problems um well i view it as a problem with litigation the whole technicality mm -hmm. and it's it's so, somehow you find that justice many times is lost uh technically mm -hmm. they sacrifice justice at the altar of technicalities and that's because of the strict formal rules yeah. of procedure that you have to follow in litigation but that is not there in mediation mm -hmm. now and i mentioned before that um mediation is uh, the parties are the ones that determine the outcome and yeah. one of the benefits of that is that like i said before they're more willing to abide by the terms that they reach because they are the ones that actually reached those terms, terms yeah now the second thing also is that mediation and the other thing is that mediation protects the interests of the party it doesn't just uh, now litigation does something it's, it's almost like as if it's more focused on on enforcing the letters of the law mm. but here mediation obviously of course in everything there's yeah. the fact that um nothing illegal can happen you know uh, but then it's more focused on the interests of the parties mm -hmm. and, and our reason why is that in, in litigation the court can only give effect to the original intent of the parties at the time they enter the contract but the yeah. problem with that is that that original intent might, with passage of time, changes and circumstances, it may no longer accurately represent the needs and the interests of the parties at the time that the dispute has occurred. Yeah. So you see someone who has signed a contract that was in a totally different frame of mind at the time he entered the contract, and in a totally different set of circumstances that were applicable to him then. But at the time the dispute occurred, so many things have changed that mm -hmm. at the, if you decide to give effect to the letters of the contract, there will ultimately be injustice done yeah. to either one or both of the parties. So it protects the interests of the parties, focused on the interests of the, of the parties. Hmm. Then the part of the mediation that I actually love, I think that's the, like the selling point, yeah. is that it preserves relationships. relationships yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It preserves relationships because there is no adversarial um, tone to it. Yeah. They, they, as opposed to court where there is a loser and victor you know so there's that thing of oh one person wins and the other person has to lose but here uh it doesn't necessarily have to be like that yeah it's usually not like that the decision that any agreement reach is usually one that both parties are comfortable with if they reach an agreement and i'll give you a small illustration so all right go ahead of, of yeah the interest of the parties yeah it's a short story that i heard from uh in one of the seminars that we had mm -hmm. so he said he gave the, it's a story about so there are two two sisters that live together right yeah now these two sisters want to cook okay they want to cook different meals and they each need one ingredient um that's the, the both of them need to use an orange mm -hmm. in preparing the meals that they want to prepare but there is only one orange in the entire house and they need each one orange so of course you can imagine that there's a problem because who will now take the orange they both need the orange and they need one whole orange each 
Now, ordinarily, that matter is taken to court. The court will say, you know what, you two of you need orange, there's one orange, why don't you just divide the orange into two and you can use it? But then the problem with that is half an orange wouldn't be enough for either of the meals that they want to prepare. Yeah. So, but then the issue is, in going further and getting to the roots, the interest of the party, you find that where one sister needs, uh, so one sister is needs the orange to make what an orange juice mm -hmm. as part of the meal she's preparing. The other sister needs the orange to prepare a marmalade as part of the meal she's preparing. So you see, they both need the orange, but they need different parts of the orange one needs the juice the other one needs the rice. Right. so dividing the orange in two doesn't solve their problem but if you're able to look at the interest of the two parties you find that oh this there there is there's common ground you could have overlapping interests mm -hmm. right you yeah. can take the juice i don't need the juice but give me the rind of your own but everybody's happy and satisfied exactly so that just gives you an idea you can see why I like meditation. So you can tell I'm, 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 yeah. I'm passionate about it. Yeah. The parties and are able to compromise, make concessions and compromises. Exactly. You know. And everybody goes away happy. Happy, yeah. And there are no losers and no winners. Winners, exactly. Yeah. Both win win situation. Hmm. Awesome illustration. Thank you very much, Nezi. Yeah, I thought so the first time I heard it. <laughs> so now, the thing is that uh, going on to your second question about how the criteria for choosing the right mediator. Um, so, you know, we said it, 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 the thing about mediation is, you know, it's voluntary. The parties actually have a voluntary process, right? Yes. And there's lots of flexibility there. Mm -hmm. So in addition to the whole process yeah, being important, it's also very important uh, that you parties find a mediator that is the right fit, yeah. so to speak, yeah. for them and and for the particular disputes that they are that they are you know, that they have Resolving, and they're yeah. trying to resolve. Yeah. Because uh, for a mediation to be successful, it's it's important that the parties are able to trust the mediator mm -hmm. and and that they are comfortable around the mediator. So mm -hmm. that's why um, choosing the right mediator is important. Okay. Yeah. So in in in, in some cases, uh, for instance, like uh, this the setup in the multi dot courthouses, for instance, yeah. it, uh, where dispute is referred to them, mm -hmm. is that the institute choose uh, the mediator from from the panel of neutral that I have mm -hmm. to find the mediator that is most suitable to handle the particular dispute, mm -hmm. and as long as there are no objections from the parties, mm -hmm. they appoint the mediator. Now yeah. that doesn't stop the parties from actually indicating which mediator they would like to mediate the matter, right? Yeah. Um, but in other cases, the parties themselves, probably with the help of their lawyer who is advising them, uh, choose the mediator they want. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's in, it's in choosing the mediator that they want that they actually have to take certain things into consideration. Yeah. Um, so little things. So I'll just, um, there are a few of the things that I have in mind here. So yeah. one of the things that they can take into consideration is area of practice. Hmm. Yeah. For instance, how much experience the mediator has in the particular area of their dispute. Um, so if it's a family dispute or, or a workplace dispute, um, you, you would want to know if the mediator has handled those kinds of, of disputes before in the past. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, so, uh, and then also, um, sort of like, and following up from that, uh, the other point is experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes um, it makes sense for you to actually want an experienced mediator. Yeah. Uh, so you, the parties actually can check how many cases the mediator has handled, how many were successful, mm -hmm. and all that. Yes. Yeah. So like in, with the, uh, so some of these mediators have information like this available, and in in, in deciding which mediator they can actually. In speaking with the prospective mediator, they can get all this information from them. Mm -hmm. um, another consideration is professional training. Yeah, okay. So the parties might want to take a look at the type of training that the mediator has had in the past. You know, has he received the formal professional mediation training? Yeah. And for how long yeah. did, it, uh, did the training that the mediator mm -hmm. undertook meet the international standards and all that? You know what certification all those things are very important mm -hmm. and as a as a, an option from that is is the mediator's educational or professional background yeah right yeah so uh, i know that some people uh, are more comfortable with you know depending on the kind of dispute again is the mediator a lawyer or is he an engineer yeah. or is he genesis so if for instance you have a dispute that is somewhere around construction i guess maybe a party would feel more comfortable or more confident if the mediator for instance has a first degree in civil engineering mm. right yeah so okay so then um one another consideration is um subject matter expertise mm. subject um, yes yeah. yeah, subject matter expertise yeah so it's, it's sort of related to the person we talked about uh with regards to area of practice practice not quite, yeah mm. Yeah. So, in subject matter expertise, you you want to find out if the mediator is an expert in the particular um, area of the of the of the of the of the of the dispute. Put, yeah. If he has the necessary knowledge of yeah. a particular industry. Yeah. For instance, do you have mediators who specialize in in construction mediation, for instance, or or in finance, mm -hmm. or or in family mediation. There are some who specialize actually in workplace media. So that is their area of expertise. Yeah. So sometimes in considering who to appoint as mediator, you, you check if, if the mediator has that the knowledge of that particular industry. Yeah. Because you know, in, in some situations, the specific knowledge of that particular industry can make the mediation process more efficient. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing is that so this one is a bit subjective. Mm -hmm. Some people believe that it is important that the mediator should know should be knowledgeable in the subject matter of the dispute. Yeah. Uh, well, there are some who actually believe that the that subject matter expertise is not of primary importance generally, but mm -hmm. except in specialized areas like you know um environmental maritime or, yeah or yes or disputes mm. that are very technical yeah. in nature mm -hmm. now aside that now there are some other people who actually believe that it is not important at all whether the mediator has um, the subject matter uh, expertise as long as the mediator is well trained in the process of mediation and has experience as a mediator. So at the end of the day, it's actually up to the party to determine whether or not the subject matter expertise 
is important to them, which because the parties actually will know, uh, will have a better understanding of the disputes than anyone else. So it's for them to decide that while um, choosing a mediator. Yeah. Hmm. Now another one is uh, the, the the philosophy, the mediation philosophy or approach that the mediator uses. Okay. Uh, so there are different philosophies, different approaches that different mediators use, and as you know, there are some mediators who are passive and they let the parties do anything, everything, all they do is to guide the process. There are others who are more involved. So people have different styles. Yeah. And. Sometimes that is also something that you can consider in finding out, in knowing if you want to appoint the mediator, does the mediator's style of mediating something that you like, you're mm. comfortable with? Um, right. Sorry, Nezi, to interject. Is, um, I thought the mediators are allowed to use, um, is it facilitative? Is it, I thought yes, they are allowed also. to use only one approach or do they have to, can they use if evalu evaluative as well or do they have to mix the both or, you know, how does it work? Yeah, in fact, you, I was just getting to that. So it was okay. the thing that you actually asked. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah. there are those different types of mediation facilitative and evaluative. Yeah. Now, in some cases, uh, the mediator might prefer to use and also it depends on the nature of the dispute okay you find that perhaps an evaluative style mm -hmm. is better yeah. and, and by evaluative we mean a case where the mediator helps the parties to assess the merits of their positions and then he makes recommendations and suggestions to them mm. now for this to work obviously the mediator will need uh subject matter expertise mm, because okay. he would be advising based on technical know-how yeah. of the particular area yes yeah. now uh the other facilitative uh, the other one which is the facilitative is merely uh, the, the, the mediator's job there is just to facilitate communication between the parties he lets he just helps them to negotiate yeah and, but but the, at the end of the day the parties are themselves are the ones that determine the outcome hmm. now in many cases you find that the mediator uses a combination of evaluative and facilitative depending on the stage of mediation. Okay. So that is uh, what is probably more common. Um, so in the beginning, uh, the mediator might choose to use the facilitative uh, system yeah. in the beginning to let the parties, you know, let the steam out, talk to one another, yeah. and then to get to the roots to discover what their underlying interests are. So he's there doing mostly listening. But when he now gets to the stage of negotiation, the bargaining stage of mediation, yeah. he might he call he might switch styles to more evaluative style. Mm. Just make suggestions here and there and you know. But uh but it's entirely up to the mediator. Uh like I said before, different mediators have different styles of mediating. And the mediator is the one that chooses what style to use. And you know, as, long, as soon as he gets a good understanding of the nature of the dispute, he will now determine which style is best, whether it's one or the other, a combination or a mix of in both, or you know. So yeah. Okay. So that's it. Um, I hope that answers that particular. That yeah, you did. Oh, you did justice to that. <laughs> Thank you so much. You raised valid right. points, and um, um, I hope. Uh, believe that potential users or disputants uh, would um, now realize the importance of hiring or finding the right mediator. So just to recap what you said, you know, for to simplify what you just said about um, 
finding the right mediate mediate mediator um then the essential features of um of um, mediation is um you pointed out the um, flexibility of a mediation process which is why parties or which is um, why people um settle more in um, these days with mediation um contrary to litigation which is more um rigid and then um, the confidentiality um, aspect in mediation, the third party um, settling dispute, which is where the um, mediator comes in, 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 in into play, um, unlike um, the in litigation where you know you have um, um, lawyers that would um, <laughs> um, hijack the whole process. You didn't necessarily put hijack, but you know that would <laughs> you know speak for the parties on as opposed yeah. to the third party, the neutral party um, listening to both sides and. Um, um, protecting the interest of the parties. So, and essentially you pointed out the cost effectiveness because, you know, getting the right mediator is, is a crucial factor. If at the end of the day, the parties feel that the mediator is um, um, partial, then that means they will have to start all over again. You have to spend more money. So you pointed out that's one of the essential features of mediation and then preservation of relationship. Um, what else? Yeah. So um, that's, um, I needed to, you know, highlight that because um, uh, this, these are the crucial um, factors that would, um, um, you know, nudge potential users to opt for the media yes. mediation. And also I would like yes. to add that um, the, under the IMI, um, that's the International Mediation Institute, they have this open feedback digest where the um, parties themselves under their um, mediator's profile, where the parties can leave their feedback. So what this does yes. is that it's an independent party is now putting out, penning down, oh, the performance of this mediation as opposed yes. to the yes. recommendations or short biographies yes. captured by the mediator or the institutional um, bodies, you know, trying to... Yes. You know, so that's it. I think this is more credible and um, um yeah, it a good practice. Hearing, yeah, it has the same effect as when you're reading reviews. Yes, for a product that you want to buy. <laughs> yes, and, and actually, <laughs> though he has he has his downsides as well. It's uh, the advantages though outweighs the disadvantages because you can have difficult parties as well that can leave something exactly. horrible comments and you know that would affect exactly. but all. <laughs> So yeah, so these are uh, essential um, features of mediation, and um, that you pointed out, and I also added some bits and pieces as well. So thank you so much, Nezi, for highlighting the importance of finding a mediator and pointing out the essential features of mediation to um, potential users or to disputants. Um, from what you said, I would sum it up that mediation is a private means of settling dispute where um, a neutral party or a mediator who has no interest at all helps or assist disputes, disputants um, to discuss and agree um, to work um, together to create a mutual satisfactory terms of agreement. agreement. Yeah. yeah. And um, yeah. also... Thank you very much, Yeah, Okay, so also, uh, I think you also made, okay, yeah, but however, I need to um, add also about the, the, the you know, you mentioned um, 
the voluntary process of uh, mediation. Yes. So this, um, uh, so this comes in handy because the parties can stop um, the process or disengage at any point in time yes. if they feel that you know they didn't get the right mediator or you know uh, if if they feel that it's not effectively um, their case is not effectively handled so thank you yes, once sorry. more also, sorry, just in addition yeah. to that yeah. one yeah. other thing is that um the, the it's important to note under that uh, voluntarism is that the the uh, any terms discussed yeah. all the agreements reached in the mediation are actually not binding until the parties sign the mediation agreement oh so, anybody, so there is no fear awesome. at all that okay mm -hmm. uh, you know because you know sometimes mm -hmm. someone can agree to something and have a change of mind yeah and is afraid to walk away from it that, that does not uh, um, exist at the mm -hmm. mediation you can walk away anytime as long as you have not signed the terms, terms of agreement. agreement. Oh, but once you sign it, it becomes binding. Oh, yes. thank you. Thanks for pointing out that pointing that out <laughs> as well. Okay, thank you once more, Nazi. And for my listeners, thank you so much. Thank Emma. you. <laughs> Stay tuned. Same time next weekend. Bye bye.